are pissed on my fucking wife. <laughs> no. <laughs> Start your sublight engines. It's time for Roop Helps Pod Race, a, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to our Andor discussion this week about Episode Seven. What does it just say? Announcement. That's the name of the episode. The name of the episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> When I when I just is like just like what announcement are you guys talking about? <laughs> guys, I have it. an announcement to make. When I went to watch it last night, like you know, I clicked on it right when it popped up, so it only said episode like seven. It didn't say like the title of it yet when I clicked on it. So I'm Jess. <laughs> My pronouns are they them. You can find me on social media at Kawaii Jessio, and my gender this week is um. Luthen's selling Mon Mothma the price bus so that she can hit Perrin over the head with it. It's so been, true. It's been so long since we've had a price bus mention. I'm just, yeah. no, I'm thinking about him being like, this is my most precious artifact. I don't even really know where it came from, but it's wildly expensive and it's a full tilt bust of a Rinda price. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I swear to God, I just saw this woman like, like maybe two, like maybe a year ago walking around on Coruscant doing some bullshit. Uh, wait, speaking of rebels, did you guys see they had the Jedi mask? I don't think they had that in previous episodes. The Jedi mask that like Kanan the Temple Guard the- told y'all Quizzy was yeah. there. The- no, <laughs> no, I'm saying that's probably where Thrawn got it. Oh, it from Luthen. That's from interesting. Luthen. Canonical, canonical Luthen stand Thrawn. Is, is this our one Thrawn reference? Not clickbait. I just wanted to shout out our besties, like other Jess, Jay Beans, Draws, and Josh, because. Of fun little Twitter interaction last night that um, we were talking about Arinda Price because there's a lady who had the same haircut and we're all like, Arinda? And then I said, haha, this episode was actually ghostwritten by the Price bus. If Arinda Price had to work customer service and not just like in a hill staffer kind of way, but like actual, like if, if she had to work as a server, I think it would have fixed her. Like, I think it would have radicalized so her, and true. I think she would have been yeah. better. I think yeah. she just didn't have that life experience. I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on social media at the Jewish Jedi. And my agenda this week is Mon Mothma's Fruity Little Cocktail. I was just kind of obsessed with all the dinner scenes, frankly. And I was especially obsessed with her absolute slayage of her outfit with the little drinky drink she sort of handed to someone. I kind of want to be her. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was like, oh my god, she's just like me for real. She's a white woman who loves that fruity little drink. She's slang fiercely. I feel like I could hang out with her. I feel like I feel like we'd be friends. Also, um, her little banker friend, um this is he's Tay. He, what is it with politicians and having a little banker friend? I fear it is a commentary. Um he's much more slay than Clovis, obviously. Um I fear like he he went to school with her and then he was radicalized and he's like, ah, but I did grow up rich. Did they have I, a little something going on between them? Because I felt I felt a little something. No, because I was like, I for a second was like, do you think that she's like as cover is trying to make her husband think that she's cheating on him with Tay so that she could be like, if he's trying to think that she's doing something illicit, it'll be like, oh my God, she's cheating on me and not like, oh my God, she's trying to fund Reynolds, the rebellion. Reynolds pamphlet is... No. Shut the fuck up. I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's so mean. No, but... Uh, I did think Perrin. No, because like... no, 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 no. I'm sorry because that makes Perrin Eliza Hamilton. I, what? Oh my god! Yeah, you see. Any... But yeah, Perrin. Perrin's bird. Perrin has. <laughs> Perrin has no room to talk. He looked like he was like fucking like flirting with these other women at the party too. But he also did look like he was already like getting jealous of um, Tay when they're walking away. Like he fucking put his arm around Mon's waist, and me watching, I was like, "Get your fucking arm off her." <laughs> I'm going to get a job. I know you're married, but fuck you. No, because she was wearing the revenge dress. She was in her Princess Diana era. She's truly, I need her, I need Mon Mothma to enter a consensual workplace relationship with Tay. But there is precedent for this because in um, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, like their cover, remember they they have those, the dinner parties with the, with the Organas and like their cover is their swinger (laughs) dinner parties. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's literally what they do. They try to make, they are trying to to draw attention away. They are literally trying to convince everyone that Bale and and Mon are having an affair. (laughs) I like, I fear that like... I was like, this better happen. Um, I and also is the new flirting line like 
my politics are a bit more radical than you think they are. I was like, oh, okay. All right. I want a scene of Mon Mothma where a pearl necklace falls into a bowl of soup and then she eats the pearls and is also played by Kristen Stewart. Hello. My name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And my gender this week is Deossified Yularen. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wait, is that yeah. Yularen? Because he's, what happened? Yeah. He, he got bilert valenced. Yeah, he got deossified. I mean, honestly, he kind of was giving, um, oh my gosh, Garrick Versio. That is no. kind of who he was giving, which is so sad for Yularen. When he, I was like so confused when I saw him last night because I was just like, is that Yularen? I was like, wait, no, wait, yes, hmm. And then, yeah, the subtitles did say Yularen, and also all the, the Thrawn Chiss Twitter like besties were like, we gotta win, Thrawn Chiss Twitter besties. Yularen is here. I was like, damn, this is not the win I wanted, but We're okay. Grasping at fucking straws at this point. I just found it super interesting that they cast this gentleman as Yularen. Because, like, usually they're very good at, like, finding someone who looks a lot like the actress. Or actor. Sorry. I said actress because I was thinking specifically. Hashtag, hashtag women Yularen? stories matter. Hashtag no. women in empire Yularen. Hashtag, hashtag her story. <laughs> I was thinking about Leia in Rogue One. Like, the, the woman that they cast then to, like, use her face to, to put a Carrie Fisher in. Um, and then also, to the same extent, like, Luke and the Mandalorian. Point is, they usually cast someone who, like, looks relatively like the person. I was thinking about, like, the actual, like, canonical live-action Yularen that we have in A New Hope. And that gentleman, they do not look alike. They don't even look no. like they could be cousins. They, like, yeah. Okay. Like, is this just another white guy in the eyes? Oh, shit, it's Yularen. Oh, my God, no, Yularen. Like, <laughs> he got deassified and then gets reassified by the time of A New Hope. Well, he gets reassified by rebels. Yeah. yeah, he just had a really bad weekend. The weekend before this took place, he's like he got melted and then just kind of got reformed. Weekend at Mosses? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no weekend no. at Mosses. I'm Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. That's Fresh with a PH. And my gender this week is yeah. Why don't you just drop a car battery on his head? And it's Cyril Karn getting a car battery dropped on his head, like Jade and Victorious. I can't express. I think every bone in my body would reset to its original form if I could see <laughs> Cyril Karn brutally crushed under the weight of a car battery, and just watch him like collapse like a paper doll, just like flat into fucking, the ground, like a Looney Tune with an anvil on top of him. Like well, that, that's exactly. What happens too? I mean, for those of you who I don't mean, know, there's a scene in Victorious where Jade gets a car battery dropped on her head and she just kind of gets knocked the fuck out. And I think that should happen to Cyril Karn. I know you're joking about Cyril Karn and him getting a cartoon anvil basically dropped upon his head. This, In this case, a car battery that has already happened in this show. Nemec literally got crushed by like, <laughs> like, no. a, like a cartoon oh. anvil. Like, like guys. Like, guys, that was the last episode. Yeah, Crushed but I wasn't by... thinking about Jade from Victorious then, okay? <laughs> is Cyril from... Karn, who's, who is Cyril Karn from Victorious coded? Rex? Uh, I don't know Rex? He's... <laughs> yeah, he's the, he's the No, because no, cause Rex is not, we don't talk, no, no, I can't, because Rex is skeen. I, I think Rex is a counter-revolutionary bitch, what? <laughs> no, he literally is. Rex watches Fox News. Rex doesn't believe in climate change. Hi, my name is Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. Uh, my gender was originally going to be supernatural themed, but I was pulled back, pulled back from that. It was a pun about Cassian Andor and Castiel. It's not that funny. But my gender actually was brought to you by Mel, who thought of the funniest fucking thing. The droid at the end, we don't really know if his name is, if he is, will be K2SO. I, I don't believe that he is. They were, I, he was given a de designation. Oh, he uh, he was given a designation and that is MR305. Otherwise, his and his nickname is Mr. Worldwide because that is clearly Star Wars Miami and that is Pitbull. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, in all of the, the other Star Wars pro like live action shows so far, they've had like random like <laughs> musical guests. <laughs> like there was Thundercat, and then there was the guy from. <laughs> I, I've been like, 
Where's Bad Bunny? He needs to be in Andor. We didn't get Bad Bunny. We got Pitbull instead. Oh my God. And like, imagine, like, POV, Cassian gets choked on the street and arrested by Pitbull. I mean, here's the other thing, too, is that that very well, I actually heard he was played by, the droid was, like, mocap was done by Pitbull. He just didn't have any speaking lines. Um, we did also fight a little bit about whether that planet at the end, is it, is it Star Wars Miami or is it Star Wars Cancun? Vote in the comments. Um, right, has everyone submitted their vote? Okay, great. <laughs> Let's <laughs> the episode. It's called Announcement. The announcement should have been that Cassian comes out as gay. Because it was like, oh, I, I'm going to say this. We got Cinta and Vel. Congratulations. I would like to see more of them when they reunite. I hope they kiss on the mouth, et cetera, et cetera. However, in that one scene where, you know, we saw Cassian in his slut era, because um, we really only heard people talk about how he's a slut and we get to see that he is a slut. Although it does seem like he was hooking up with one woman for a while because it seemed like she they've been hanging out for a bit. I was like, maybe he's not a slut. And then I realized, I was like, they could have easily made that a man and then been like, he's bisexual, congrats, and then just like kept it pushing. And okay, wait, wait, speaking of that woman, speaking oh. of that woman, I know she was probably like chewing gum or something. I swear to God, I was like, is she taking birth control right now? No, she literally popped, like, she literally popped plan B. Like, she said, we are not getting a, a little Cassian running around on this day. No. <laughs> that is, oh, guys, Young wait. Sheldon asks spinoff? No, because no, that would be if he was a young child. That's I'm true. thinking, this is more, this is, I'm. if this had happened last year before Shadow of the Sith came out, we could have been like, oh my god. <laughs> Cassian's daughter is Ray's mom. <laughs> Stop. That's no, so but it wouldn't even be a little Cassian to her. She'd be like, "Oh, a little Keef," because remember, he, okay, he said his Ray's, name is Keef. Ray's mom is white, so what kind of okay, name? Okay, well, Chief and... Keef, the disrespect. <laughs> I love how we have uh, Grief Karga, and now we have Keef. Keef Grieger, yeah. What Gre- Keef Grieger? I think ass names. Cassian, you gotta come up with like, like more more interesting names buddy. I mean, yeah to be fair if i probably wouldn't remember it so like i think it's a great name if you're just like i'm just trying to be low-key keith so, sure yeah like was... what are you a fucking try guy <laughs> you're done oh my cassian the my god crew are the try guys Cassian is eating the whole menu at this like beach resort <laughs> tim is ned <laughs> the way that they discussed him in this episode and he was like yeah i mean clearly he was jealous and she was like okay but like anybody would have turned you in because we're all kind of fucked and he was like but he was jealous right and i was like i fear you i fear you are still very darn bad sir i did really enjoy that part though with cassian being like your boyfriend turned me in your jealous boyfriend turned me in yet I'm the the villain here, which yeah. I was just like, you're. That's so true. He was actually in the right there. Like everyone was like, oh whatever. And he was like, I have money. We could just leave. Like, and you know, your boyfriend is an ass and whatever. And everyone's like, I don't know, whatever. Like he he seemed very logical. Like, <laughs> but at the same time, they had points too of like the empire is everywhere. There's like no escaping them, Cassian. He and said, I'm real quick. Yeah, he literally said, I'm going to escape the Empire immediately. Could not be more than two months later is getting arrested by the Empire. No, literally. He was like, my cottagecore fantasy. For something fantasy, he didn't even do. His cottagecore fa- fantasy could not escape settler colonialism. It's so dark for him. Is, 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 it a com- is it a commentary about how people of color cannot have the cottagecore fantasy because, uh, <laughs> because the, uh, you know, imperialism will always follow? Who could say? Although apparently it was a commentary on mandatory sentencing minimums. I was like, oh, I see that's where we're going. Holy shit. All right. Oh, no, literally. Also, the fucking <laughs> the Patriot Actification. <laughs> I, I, okay, because we they've kind of done a commentary on Patriot Act twice now in Star Wars. Like, they definitely in the prequels, it was definitely a commentary on the Patriot Act. Like, sir, we know. We know, George, you had some shit to say about Dick Cheney. Um, and then they did this, and I was like, Deidre was like, so according to the Patriot Act, I was like, oh, okay, she's in her Karl Rove era. Okay. Oh my god, that scene also with Deidre. It's just, she was girl bossing like really hard. 
This, this what's episode, his name blevin Ble- why is his name blevin it's i know so because out loud i was like like ninja because for those of you who don't know that the the flop we streamer know. ninja we well i'm talking about our to our audience claudia not everyone's as chronically online as you are uh, yeah claudia tyler, tyler blevins is the name of the streamer ninja you know who yells at children whilst playing fortnite i would just say um the thing about but Deirdre is, and it's happened when I read Thrawn 2017, is I'm like, yes, she's a fascist, but on the other hand, I love a girl boss, and I'm like, I'm watching her slay her way through this meeting, and I'm like, uh, I really don't want to watch you win, but unfortunately, the really fun to watch. I will Literally! Say- oh my god, she's gonna get that horrible Bob soon. No, I, not I in Andor season two, she has the Bob. No, I, I will say, um, I, I do like the balance where they're like, we're not just going to show you a fascist girl boss. We're going to show you a rebellion. Like we have balance. They're like, we're going to have both sides of girl bossery. The girl bossery, like the force can be used for both evil and good. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I love that balance. That's so great. Cause the stuff, the stuff with, uh, was this one of the episodes that was written by Bo Willimon or not? I didn't check. Um, I don't think it was, I gotta check, but like. This was the episode where I was like, oh, oh, we've entered our House of Cards era. Okay. All right. Yes, I'm here. I'm with it. Also, she, I mean, she did have a white woman moment where there was like the black guy following the rules and like doing his job well. And then she was like, so I'm not going to follow the rules. And then oh, she was literally. rewarded for that. And you're like, oh, this is very dark. That entire scene, I was like, white woman moment, white woman moment, white woman moment, white woman moment. And she's like, feminism, I I did it. Literally, I was like, oh my god, she's burning her bra. Guys, guys! (laughs) Is she a turf? Oh, that is what I... I'm going to put my... I'm putting my my stake in the ground. She's not a turf. She is for the culture. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I don't care if you're trans as long as you hate people who hate the empire. That's like that video of those conservative women where they're like, we don't care if you're white, we don't care if you're black, but we care if you vote for Trump. Yeah, no, she's fully singing the real women vote for Trump song in the fucking, like, real women vote vote for for Yeah. On the other side of the girl boss coin, the the rebellion girl bosses with um, Clea and Val, which for a moment I didn't recognize Val. I'm sorry, Devel. She just was so slay that I was just like, "Oh my god, a new girl boss!" I was like, "Wait, no, that's Val." Um, Clea's outfit. I was like, there "Clea were like, was so slay." Eighteen shots of her walking, just slaying, and I was like, "Yeah, what the fucking Coruscant runway, girl? Like, damn." That whole scene also I was just like, "Oh, I feel conflicted because, like, on one hand, that like Clea has a point. Like, Cassian is a loose end now." They don't know if he's like really on their side because guy was just like, haha, I don't want to be a part of this. Goodbye. Never contact me again. And so they're like, Luthen did say he could do that. (laughs) But like Luthen wanted Cassie. I mean, I guess Belle could have returned Luthen's um, fun little Kyber necklace. But I think Luthen was really hoping that Cassian would like, you know, side with them. And so now that Cassian was like, haha. Um, they're like, okay, this is a loose end. Also, Clea definitely seems like the more cautious of the two between Luthen and her, and she's just like, yeah, no. Uh, we gotta get rid of the the boy boss. Vel, do your fucking job, like how Cinta is doing her job. And now I, I'm I'm worried about like Vel having to go into her bounty hunter era and go capture Cassie and probably save him from jail. But you know, I'm I'm worried about that situation. I will say that was one of my favorite parts of the episode. First of all, Jess, I also didn't recognize Val when I first saw her. I was like, oh my god, Slay, your, your hair looks so good. And I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> like it like took me a second. But I will say that there were two really big like thematic moments in this episode that I absolutely loved. And it's something that I will not shut up about like since the show started, about like how it talks about rebellion and how it talks about like what that actually means. And this was one of those scenes when she was like, look, I know it's shitty, but uh, you do need to deal with him because right now he's just something we can't afford to deal with. We're too fragile right now. And the other scene was when um, Mon went to Luthen's shop and she was like, 
this is this was really really bad and he's like this is necessary like i'm sorry to tell you that this is what we're going to have to do and if you're not okay with that that's fine like back out but this is necessary for us to work with and i just i really like how this show like draws its lines in terms of like the i think a lot of the realities of the rebellion they get gloss over and like a lot of the movies and stuff i really enjoy it also i can't talk enough about how like I really love political dramas and I'm getting so much good political drama from the show. Like all the Mon Mothma scenes, it was like, this is slight. I could watch an hour and 45 minutes of just this every single week. Um, I was wrong. This episode was not written by Bo Wilmon. It was written by uh, a well a combination of people, but includes Stephen Schiff who worked on the Americans. That's why all the spy stuff slayed so fucking hard. Um, the director, um, I, it did give me a little jump scare while you were talking because the director has worked on both The Crown and Sherlock. <laughs> Mon Mothma's Reichenbach Fall. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> the Coruscant Fall. Oh, I'm no. Just, no, I'm just thinking about us fucking joking about The Crown. Was it last week? And to find out one of the writers actually worked on The Crown this week. It's getting oh so dark. When will the Beatles make a cameo in no! Andor? I I will say, as we're getting more into the political stuff, um, like, if Bail Organa doesn't show up, I'm going to start swinging. Because I'm calling it Latinophobia. I, I'm going to start swinging. And also when she said only three people know about this, I'm assuming she means her and Luthen. But who else? Oh, and I guess... Bail. Cle- Clea... But I'm also like, but she's been working with Bale. I'm like, no, I, I think she's talking about Bale. Yeah. I still think the person that she wants to bring in is Saw Gerrera. I don't think she wants to bring in Saw. I think if anyone's going to bring, be bringing yeah. in Saw, it's going to be Luthen. He's going to be like, oh my God, my little friends. Well, the I, is, I she agree met with this that. guy. She seemed resistant and like, and like desperate about it because because that was at the point where she was like hey i don't have any money so we're gonna have to like partner with these people and she said oh i'm gonna have to reschedule this meeting because apparently uh vel uh, or vel has to meet with clea or whatever i don't know i still think it's gotta be i think it's saw i mean i think one thing to when we talk about the person she wants to bring in we it, she could have been talking about tay that's who I thought she was like, talking about. Like, that's who she's probably talking about. being Because, like, that's her homeboy who's going to help her access her family funds. Um, but I feel like, I mean, I also, though I do get on Claudia's half, I don't think this is in context of, like, this conversation. But I do still think that it would be really interesting thematically for Mon to be the one who's like, oh, there's this revolutionary who the Republic helped in the past, Saw Guerrera, and the, the almost, like, poetic situation it would be if she was the one who brought him in and then she was the one who said we can't be doing this which i still think i have a lot of conversations about how i think vis-a-vis sagarera versus mon mothma because i think when we talk about the two of them like i almost feel like this show is setting up mon's arc to be like i'm actually realizing that you have to you have to be willing to fight and you have to be willing to use your resources to fight back it's not like to get her more on that page with Luthen and more on that page with Saw. I really do fear that the, like, Saw is crazy and his tactics are too harsh or whatever. It really does feel like the, like the, we've made our radical revolutionary character too reasonable. So now we need to do something, we need to make them do something really fucked up so that the audience can't sympathize with them. And then make someone like, like one of our authority figures, Mon Mothman in this situation, be very staunchly against them like so i don't want to be like oh mon's not at fault here but it's one of those things where i'm like that feels it was just the writing was so poor that i can't even be like oh it was a commentary you know yeah and they're making luthan seem like also that kind of character like the bad guy who's like doing doing good things but also doing bad things i'm like if luthan is the one to bring him in it'll be and and now luthan has been contrasted against mon of like He's the one who's the bad guy willing to do do bad stuff to get stuff done or whatever. And I feel like that'll just make it worse. But I did have a thought where I was like, you know, Tay, the the, the guy she brought it. I can't believe his name is Tay. Um, what if he did say already that he was like, my political things already swing one way. What if 
what if uh he's the one who bring, who connects them with saw because he sweet. already has some radical connections um and like who has been funding the partisans you know what i mean go fund literally they've been doing mutual aid go fund me <laughs> change.org um, petition is how it all started yeah. Jin Urso is posting GoFundMe links <laughs> everywhere Jin, oh, I, guys I, I just got a text from Act Blue about this what is happening <laughs> I will say the part when they're having that conversation about how all those Aldanis were arrested it did make me think about how in Rebels how they were like we have to go back for people on Lothal because the people on Lothal they're taking it out on the people on Lothal, on Lothal. And I feel like this is where they're starting to, like, learn that lesson of, like, oh, we need to start, like, operating basically with space battles and doing, like, remote mutual aid because if we're doing raids and shit like this, it's going to affect, like, the people there um, even worse. I do fear that they're going to use those kinds of things to make Mon Mothma be, like, seem like the better revolutionary when I'm like, okay, but, like, I know when the, when Sakurero comes up, I'm going to hate whatever they do with it. I just know that. <laughs> I mean, I'm keeping my expectations re Sagarera. Basically, whatever's below hell. Uh, not because I'm like, I know definitively I'm going to hate it, but because I'm not like, I'm not waiting anywhere for Star Wars as a piece of media to suddenly really understand the politics and, and dynamics of revolution in any way that's like something that I would be like, that makes sense. That said, I feel like tonally, this show and how it like presents and talks about rebellion is really different than a lot of Star Wars. And I mean, obviously like Rebels had a lot of really great moments, but like, I think overall, I really like this. So it's not that my hopes are not like, it's not that I'm like, it's going to be shit, but I hope that they'll sort of pull it off. And I think, I think what we talked about is sort of correct insofar as like part of what Mon has to go through as a character in these early stages of, of the rebellion is realizing like you don't win a rebellion with pleasantry like it's just not like how that works and i think like you know we saw her reaction of being like oh fuck what did you do but ultimately when luthan is luthan is like i'm only telling you things you already know which is that it has to go this way and she doesn't argue with him she's like all right slay i guess i'll head out like she's not I like no fuck you bye <laughs> I don't think that they portrayed her as someone of being like oh I'm only like I'm trying to do things like the nice way or pleasantries I think it was more to show that like she's scared of taking risks which I think really works for her character because like she's one of these people who's been in it since the beginning basically created the the rebellion they talk a little bit about her little separatist alliance of people um so like it makes sense for her to be like i want to play it safe i want to play the long game etc cetera, etc cetera. and for him to be like nope we need to go out in the open and start to just be a rebellion um and and start throwing hands for her to be like um are you sh make sure about that my guy um and knowing what occurs like you know eventually they use the fucking death or whatever like i understand to me it seemed more like her and i'm glad that they did this it seemed more like her fear less of her like moral because he said he was like you already know this stuff less of her moral stuff and more of her fear of like uh if we do this chess move we're so fucked um and not just like the that more people are gonna be fucked but like we are so fucked in this way um so i'm glad that they kind of made that a little clear that it wasn't just like a, a moral thing it was i think more of their personality strategy wise um which I like, and I, I like when we're not having fucking leftist discourse on Maine, and instead we're having more of a strategy conversation, because that, again, makes him feel more real, and I think that's a part of the good part of this whole show. Kind of related, but also deeply unrelated. I just kind of wanted to go back to what we were talking about, about, like, Vel and, oh my god, I forgot Luthen's slay little assistant's name. Klexa? Klexa? <laughs> Um, Clea, is that, that is Clea. Okay. in their conversation, they're talking about like, Vel's like, oh my God, all my friends are dead except for my girlfriend. What the fuck? And I just, I thought it was interesting just like kind of how that conversation was framed. Um, because it was like, for some of the people she's like, okay, like Nemec, like, mm, he passed away. That sucked. And like, she's like, oh yeah, I recruited Terraman. But like for Cinta, 
first of all, she doesn't really mention her. And I think it's because, like, you know, she's still alive. And, like, but also it made it sound like maybe maybe Sins is the person who knows what the fuck is up. Because she's still there and she's still had an assignment to do. And that was something I was thinking about. Because also Val mentions, like, that there was something that needed to, like, get destroyed or handled that Cinta was dealing with. And I think it had to do with wherever the fuck she was going in the episode. I need to know what homegirl is doing. Like, what is going on in the House of Commons? Because I, I think she's just trying to get off the planet. Because she's kind of trapped right now. Yeah, but I, I felt like she had one other assignment. Because that that's at least how it had sounded, like, what Clea had said was, like, yeah, she had other shit going on. Clea was like, she's doing her job. She's following through on the mission. Maybe she's destroying all the fucking footage because they decided to show their fucking faces like idiots. <laughs> she's destroying the VHS tapes that they store. It's like in Knives Out when Marta um, uses a magnet to destroy yeah, the tapes. She's walking back into the Imperial base with just a huge magnet. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I, oh, my God. Okay, Knives Out. Knives no. Out AU. But it's... it's um, no. Luthen is Benoit Blanc? That's exactly like, Luthen <laughs> And Cinta um, and is Marta. That's. <laughs> I'd, oh I'd watch. I'd watch. Oh my god. I'd watch it too. Oh Can my we god. become a Glass Onion podcast? No. Never becomes out. No. When Lucy becomes just... canonically gay, as confirmed by so Ryan true. Johnson, then we can talk. Yeah. If Benoit so Block true. doesn't kiss a man in the next movie, I'll be outside Ryan Johnson's house with a Molotov. I saw a theory that I was like, after that little scene, I was like, hmm, I feel like I'm kind of believing this theory more that Vel is Luthen's daughter. Because the way that, that her conversation with him initially seemed very, like, I don't know. There was something, like, familiar about it. And then in this conversation, she was like, I expected him to be here. And she's like, it's dangerous for me to be here anyway, girl. Like, be fucking for real. I don't know. And now I'm starting to believe, like, and, like, she really doesn't want to believe him blindly. But then she ends up doing it with, like, not a lot of say. Because then I realized, you know, I remember saying in a, a couple episodes ago, like, why did they seem, why did they seem, like, so reluctant to argue about this stuff? Like, they're they're on a mission. They're following orders. And I realized she's the only one, really, who, like, and, and she initially questions it, whatever. And I'm like, oh, maybe because she's questioning her dad. If this was just, like, her command, or not her commanding officer, whatever it would be for an intelligence person. If this is just, like, her not informant or her whatever her but yeah her higher up person i think she would react differently than if this was somebody that she knows like if this is somebody that she knows personally also why is she on coruscant like she could have gone and hid anywhere waiting for instructions why is she on coruscant of all places is it because she lives there with her father <laughs> And she's got a bougie outfit too now. So just like, also the way that Luthen did yell at her, like in the, in yeah, the in episode yeah. four, was it? Yeah, when they you first meet Vel, I was just like, mm, one that like <laughs> triggered traumatized kid stuff of parent yelling at you, and yeah, I guess that could make sense. That was my first thought, but then I was like, hmm, maybe it's just because they're both white. But the more, the further we go, I keep, I think it's like more and more likely. Another relation that I've seen people talking about on Twitter, and I don't know how much I believe this, but people have been like, what if Clea is Cassian's sister? Which Guys, I think is no. hilarious. <laughs> I mean, like, Cassian is the white Latino. That's true. That's true. That's true. So listen, I'm just saying, but also what I do think is funny, this is relating to that conversation that she has with Belle when she's walking in that little red number. I'm like, girl, you are not subtle. You're not subtle at all. You're wearing like, but that's the point. She's standing out so that she doesn't, you know, look suspicious. Because that's what Cassian did was like, oh, I'm just gonna look around. I'm just gonna wear my little undercover outfit. And they're like, what are you doing? What to are you be, doing? To be fair, in Space Miami, he was like <laughs> jogging about, like he was not doing himself any favors. He, he could have seen that situation and just like stopped, like sat yeah, down. And he kept like, I'm looking. Not, yeah. I'm like, he kept, like being like, "What the fuck's going I'm, on?" And they're like, "What are you doing?" You're going That's to really the corner sus. store to get Sour Patch Kids, like. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not gonna bl- hashtag victim blame him, but like, girl, Listen, what are we doing? <laughs> he was not as- helping himself. As someone who like uh, grew up in a strict household, and when I like to sneak stuff to my room, I do it in the most casual way, 
and like very openly because if I'm trying to be sneaky, that's when my like family would be like, what are you doing? But if I'm just walking around like normal and not giving a fuck, then they don't pay attention to me. So yeah, maybe <laughs> that's what Clay is doing. He's like, I just got to be like the most casual and extra as I can be because that does not stand out. Whereas Cassian, who's trying to be all sneaky, is like walking red flag and they're like, put your hands up. We're going <laughs> to... We're gonna choke you with this, with this K, K two droid. Not it wasn't K two. I thought it was for a second. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Marva. Um, I want to talk about the scene where Cassian is like. Th there's a couple of revelations that we get from her. The first one is that she's like every everyone on Canari was killed. Like everyone, on, what happened on Canari? Like there were no survivors. So implying that his sister and the others who were there, were dead. Implying that when she and Clem found Cassian, they were like, oh, they're going to kill all these kids. They were right. And I'm like, girl, what the fuck? When, now what? Now what is going on with that? I still think she's lying. I do think she is lying and she doesn't know. Because how would she know? Well, she but, took him and left. They, they didn't like. I mean, they could have watched, seen it on like Apple News Alert or something. Okay. Um, but I also think another really interesting thing that this episode does is like build up i i feel like this almost did more to inform me of the relationship like the present relationship that marva and cassian have than any of the other episodes before this like seeing them have this very genuine conversation about like her being like i've never loved anything more than i love you as my son and him being like, if I leave here, I'm going to be worried about you constantly. And her being like, well, that's just because we're like, we're family and we, that's, that's love. Like, I was, listen, I know I'm very much like, girl, why are you taking this indigenous child? But I'm also like, that was very, like, I really love how this show does nuance. Because it's like, yeah, Marva's not perfect, but she does very clearly love her, love her guy, love her little boy. Like, it's a very, she's a really, really interesting character. Mama's boy Cassian was also very slay when he was like, I can't leave without he's like, he's like, he comes back knowing that it's very dangerous for him to be there to be like, come on, mom. And also my special little pet. Like, we gotta like, he comes back for his mom, which like, if you know, usually in like a, a hero's story or whatever, like they go off on their adventure and they never come back or whatever. But he's like, no, I gotta come back for my mom. Who <laughs> like, and I love that for him. But and but what I did love about like with Marva and I'm, I'm maybe hopefully we will learn more about her backstory and who her and Clem were like how she's like no like she's like she is a textbook example of someone being inspired by these now very public acts of rebellion which we start to see uh in Rebels as well but where she's like she's like no like I, she's like what am I gonna do sit around and die like I I, I it's time for me to to for me to do something she's like like i can do something you know uh and the, the the moment where she's like and she's not trying to convince him of anything or she's like i it's it's very in like indicative of like a mother's love of like you know i i worked really hard and i kept you safe all these years so you could go off and you could like have a happy life and i'm happy for you if that's the thing that you're going to choose to do and try to escape this this is my choice. Um, I can't and I can't go with you. And I don't think that I can escape it. And if you want to try, like, I love you for that. And I think you should. Um, it was like, I, I got very emotional. Um, but it was also very interesting, the thing to talk about, like, to see someone be radicalized who is not just like a young person. And we don't we don't know her background, like she might obviously is already sympathetic, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, but like, or maybe have done things in the past. But like, to see someone be radicalized who is older also, I think was very important and very interesting. Because um, we also, we had a lot of stuff with mothers. We also saw Cyril's mother be like a Fox News watching bitch. Um, <laughs> be like, mm, they were just causing a commotion. I hope they get what's coming to them. And I was like, girl, what the fuck? And also she was acting her fucking ass off. Emmy, Emmy award winning performance. I mean, on everybody's part, but she was acting her ass off in this episode. I would, two things. One, I would like to defend Cyril Karn's mother because she and I are kindred spirits in that we both hate Cyril Karn. And <laughs> I think Sorry. it was, if, no, I think it was just really funny because I remember watching that scene where she was like, look at you with your dumb little collar. 
what does that say? I'm pathetic. Pay attention to me. I need validation. And I was like, get yeah. his ass. Get his <laughs> ass now. Yeah. Yes, my girl is a Fox News watcher, but she also hates her son. And in that way, she and I are very one and the same. She's we... ACAB in a way. <laughs> She's ASAP. All cereals are bastards. Um, All carns are bastards. Anyway, the other thing is that, you know, not that I could spend the rest of my life talking about how Jen and Cassian get to function as very well-designed narrative foils to one another, but they both start with this very, like, the imperial flag isn't a problem if you don't look up attitude. And on one hand, I'm really excited to see what it is that catalyzes Cassian's, like, drive to rebel. Um, But also, I really love the scenes where he was talking to Marta, and she was like, you can't just keep letting them do this. He was like, I absolutely can, because I can leave, and I'm just going to keep doing that. And I was like, okay, like Ollie was saying, like, she's a very nuanced character, because on the one hand, I'm like, you've done some fucked shit, but also, you're making points right now from a very, what I believe to be, like, well-intentioned and good place. Um, And I, I really enjoyed all those. I will say when he's like okay we're gonna leave and she's like oh i'm just i'm just really tired i'm gonna lay down i was like i feel really not good something is about to be really really bad i don't know what it is and then it wasn't so shout out to her acting because i was like oh she's like turned him in or something i don't fucking know like oh my god the vibe was just rancid anyway um but yeah no i really like those scenes i really like her being like you know, the, like, Claudia, you were saying, like, the way that people are, like, inspired by acts of rebellion, which I thought was just great, because it sort of seems to be a lot of what they're talking about, of, like, yeah, these really big things are important in hurting the empire, but far more importantly is that, like, people are inspired to act after that, and I'm like, yeah, no, she's very sliving, she's very sly. I will say, um, my one critique, and I believe most of you will agree with me, was, we talked a little bit about, like, the balance of characters who were killed off, etc. last week, um, but then we kind of got a little bit of backstory on a little bit on uh, Cassian's adoptive dad, Clem. Um, and we see it through basically like a, a, a PTSD flashback um, of Cassian in the square. Um, and I was like, and Clem is a black man. And I was like, oh, OK. And we know that he is dead by now. And we see him uh about to be attacked in some way by stormtroopers and i was like oh is that what we're doing jesus christ then they didn't show it and i was like okay maybe it's not so bad and then later they were like yeah so uh a big trigger warning here if you haven't already seen the episode um he was hung and we know that there is precedent for that in the you know i mean we saw it in obi-wan kenobi immediately um a, a barbaric thing that the empire does uh but that he was hung in the square thank god they barely showed it um and you know obviously they're trying to be like yeah the empire is bad and this is a thing they do to a lot of people but i was like and this is how we were choosing for this uh important black character in cassian's life to go i mean like again this is a situation of like it could be a commentary but i don't think they are smart enough for it to be a on purpose commentary and i do feel like it's not necessary the same point could have been made without touching on that very specific imagery see this is something that i i agree with you on i think that if they were trying to do it as a commentary they probably could have like there are ways they could have made this a commentary and i I think that it was intended to be evocative like I, i don't think that that was accidental like i think that it was saying like something that i think about a lot is i try to frame these episodes from someone who's not me from someone who is not like actively trying to be informed on a lot of things and not to sound like oh well i'm so smart and i know things but i think that i i almost think that something like that may have happened so people can people who aren't super plugged in and who may still be like well maybe the empire is blah 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 like they'll see this and be like oh this is related to this real world bad thing that is happening so now i can understand that this is supposed to be bad, which is interesting because I'm like, it shouldn't really take that type of imagery for you to understand that that's bad. So like, I, I, I can see what they were trying to go with if that's what was happening, but I, it, it falls flat when it's trying to actually be commentary. I think also if this had come from a black writer, like here, and here's my, I mean, I talked about this last episode of like, 
this show is slaying very hard. We have a lot of different faces on screen, whatever. However, behind the screen, we still have an exceeding number of white guys. Like, this is a show about a Latino man, and the guy playing him is the only one behind the scenes. Um, at least in the, like, main writing and directing, it's, like, white guy on white guy on white guy. So that's, like, for me, I'm, like, if this was written or directed by a black person, I would be, like, I would, I would be, like, that is a thing that they chose to do. Um, and obviously, like, you know, different people are gonna be in different ways comfortable about this, but I also think that, like, I know that there are white writers sometimes who are like, I'm choosing to do this as a commentary, whatever. And I'm like, maybe that's not your commentary to make. Um, and, you know, I th this comes back to that, like, race conscious versus, like, race blind casting and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, I feel like it could have it could have been done in another way. Like, I mean, they've shown plenty of atrocities that the that the. Uh, that the Empire has done without that. Um, it was, it, I mean, I am a white person and it was very jarring for me and not in, and, and I think the reason I didn't like it, it wasn't jarring in a like, damn, the Empire sucks kind of way. It was jarring in a like, it took me out kind of way of like, oh, that felt gross in a real world way, not in a, oh, the Empire sucks ass kind of way. Um, and, and yeah, it was, not not uncomfortable in the right way i guess i should say um i was uncomfortable in a hmm i feel this is misplaced kind of way and it took me out i guess i yeah it took me out as well and i guess what i would I, I would say about these types of things where it's like is what kind of reaction is it meant to elicit or who's behind the camera and who's behind the script i am at, at the same time also constantly plagued by the question of like okay and all that put aside who's consuming it and like what does that audience take out of whatever is put on screen even to the point where it's like regardless of who writes a scene it's sort of to me like okay but who everyone consumes that individually differently and I guess the biggest thing too is like yes it's true that you can use them like that to be like see it's bad and you should think that it's bad or it should be difficult to look upon. But I'm also like, why that has to consistently happen to black and brown people in Star Wars and in most fantasy media is something that I'm like, just don't. Um, also, like, at least for me personally, I don't think that there ever would have needed to be a scene where we find out how exactly Clem died. That wasn't really relevant. The point being that this character is dead. The point of Cassian is that he doesn't design his life anymore. And I guess overall, like, the biggest thing I would say about it is like, you can try and make a point with that kind of imagery, but I think no matter what your intention is, you'll never get out of, you're still, you've still written a black man to die in this manner. You've still written this imagery into your story and you ultimately will still have a white audience consuming that. And I think that no matter the intention behind it, I'm like, why, I guess? And I think that'd be all I have to say about that. I will also say you said that like it didn't you we didn't need that to to we didn't need to see how he died. It was very clear. Um, it was very clearly implied anyway. They could have even kept in the dialogue that Marva says. Uh, I don't know if she says that he was how he was dead or whatever. They could have kept in that whole piece of like, I can't go through the town square anymore because that's where he died, et cetera, et cetera. Like they could have kept that in and then just not showed it. And it would have been a great, I guess, tell not show kind of moment. Um, instead of like being like, ah, yeah, like this was actually putting aside the problematic part. I actually thought that it was like one of the clunkier pieces of storytelling in a show that is so deft with everything else where they do a lot of show, not tell, disclaimer here the whole show not tell thing comes from the writers workshop that came from the cia so like take that from a grain with a grain of salt etc 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 um however <laughs> but i they did think it was a bit clunky to be like so here is the flashback and now we're going to discuss it and when they in earlier they've had things to be like we're just gonna talk about that this happened and you can fill in the rest we don't need to see it um Especially because this show has, like, already showed so many atrocities. Uh, and, and like, Cassian has already experienced... I, the, the point was also how much it affect Cassian. I, like, I, that, I get that was the reason. But it was like, we've already shown atrocities that have happened to Cassian. Like, it wasn't necessary. 
Um, that's always a frustrating thing for me when there's something problematic and it like it wasn't necessary to the plot or to the character. Yeah. Um, now, do we want to do brief final thoughts? My favorite moments in the episode were definitely Mon Mothma's very slight dinner party. I loved every minute of it. I'll be rewatching it. Also, I really can't help but keep raving about the score in this show. Like, the music is so good in every single scene. The party vibe um, in Space Miami? Okay, I'm not gonna lie. When that came on, I skipped ahead. I said, please stop playing that. <laughs> Get that out of my ears. <laughs> I mean, the score, asterisk, Space Miami. How dare um, you insult Mr. 305 like that? I'm so sorry. Pimple, please, if you're listening. <laughs> Pimple, if you're with us. But yeah, no, I love the soundtrack of the show, and I loved the dinner party vibes. It was good. I really loved um kind of going off of the score i really loved the score when clea was walking through coruscant to go and meet vel um i love vel i'm obsessed with her i love her and i love cinta so i'm like it's kind of tied the conversation between clea and vel and then seeing cinta do her little thing with her sleigh little speeder bike moment like those i think are tied for my two favorite parts of the of the episode i just really like this episode i think they were it was it was very long and it had a lot going on um but it i never felt bored i i felt very like in it very saturated and i felt like we were starting to connect a lot of our plot lines together in a really interesting way i do love seeing cyril karn suffer i love that but i will say my favorite part was cassian's little slut moment um <laughs> Cassian and her slut era, let's go. Yeah, Cassian and his slut era, but also him being like, oh no, I'm just taking a shower, storing my money at the top of the shower. <laughs> like, I thought that was so funny for him. And I was like, okay, but like anybody could find that. It's like not that, it's not that discreet. Like, honey, King, what are you doing? Um, But I, I, I love that whole sequence for him. And I do love this, so like, you know, a lot of people in Star Wars, they talk about, like, I'm going to go to a beach planet and call it a day and nobody's ever going to see me again. And we saw him do it. It didn't last for that long. But King we saw him do it. living his dreams, and... honestly. Yeah. Um. Although it should have been a man in his bed. I'm just saying. It should have been. So true. It should have been Don't disrespect Wendy like this. Her name is Wendy? Wendy. W-I-N-D-I. Claudia... <laughs> You bringing up Cassian slut era, though, I was thinking um, last night when I did watch the episode when it dropped and I looked at everyone's li- live tweets also, um, Mackenzie had tweeted like, Andor spoilers, slut! And <laughs> in caps. So <laughs> I thought true. That was really funny. And um, Emily tweeting uh, a picture of Cassian with his, you know, in that moment with his shirt off, pretending to take a shower. And she's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just looking at your titties. I will, I will say I appreciate that they didn't try to go like Marvel, like guy taking off his shirt with that. He was just kind of, he's still like kind of just a scrawny little guy. And like, he's very attractive. Don't get me wrong. But he's, he's just like, he was still like, he was just like, I just have my shirt off. And it it wasn't supposed to be like, oh, see, look how hot he is. This is our, this is our, it was just like, no, he just has his shirt off and it's fine. And I was like, oh, thank fuck. Um, anyway. I also will, I also will say his, um, I am glad that in his slut era, they are not leaning into the, like, spicy Latino lover trope. He's mostly just kind of a mess, which is so much better. Um, <laughs> um, and, and they're like, oh, he's such a slut. But it's like, clearly he likes to get in at least short-term relationships instead. So <laughs> um, He's more of a serial monogamous than anything. Yeah, yeah. And then every woman is like, you're so pathetic. <laughs> um, anyways, it's Cassie and I love turn. you. Um, uh, my favorite moment was yeah, Cyril Karn's mother um <laughs> berating him again, like, oh, you know what your caller says about you? <laughs> You're trying to get attention. Um he looked like a potato sack. Also, he finally ate his cereal this episode. So I was like, oh thank God. If you were gonna sit there and be sad in front of your bowl of cereal and not actually eat it again while your cereal is getting soggy, I was gonna <laughs> commit an act of violence. Um and- yeah, you, and I like Clea's fun little outfit. Jess, do you think that his little sewn suit, and every time he custom sews his suit, is this some sort of like gay flagging thing in Star Wars? Is that his thing? <laughs> is his mother <laughs> being homophobic? Yeah, there were a lot of layers to this episode. Some good, some not so good. I think if I had to choose a favorite part of this episode, I 
I loved the girl boss takedown. I loved the read. That was that was fun. That was slay. Um, I enjoyed Cassian just being a little guy. His conversation with his mom I found to be like really poignant. Um, I suppose the one other thing that we also just didn't talk about in our our episode just like discussion um, was the part where Cyril Karn just kind of gets his like record wiped. Yeah. Hashtag nepotism. Mm. He's a nepo baby. White guy moment. Let's go, white people. He seemed seemed upset with that. Like, he wanted to, like, get it, like, you know, removed by proving himself. And they're like, oh, we're just gonna, like, you know, wipe it. And, like, he had, like, the fucking shocked Pikachu, like, face of, like, what? He looked kind of on the, he looked kind of on the verge of tears for a moment. And I was like, please. Oh, my God. He wants to get rid of nepotism, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Literally. I wow Mel thank you for bringing up that moment I totally forgot where he was like I have to clear my name for justice and the I know was like anyways you'll be working in fuel resourcing um bye you fucking weirdo he, yeah he has the that's life so that uncomfortable Eli wanted may I put forth not a theory just a funny little concept a funny little joke for our funny little Star Wars podcast Cyril Karn Briarly Ronan absolutely oh oh my god i think they fucked at some point no i just just because they hate each other because they hate themselves fuck not hate fuck absolutely they have to make love they have to be in love you don't understand (laughs) (laughs) but then we can't do this we can't do this early ronan leaves him in like a moulin rouge kind of way because he's like i have to sleep my way to the top with krennic (laughs) any final thoughts that anyone speak now forever hold your peace (gasps) Um, well, you were talking about Cyril Karn, and I realized the contrast between him getting his record cleared as a Nepo baby and then mandatory minimum sentencing, just getting Cassian Andor's ass was a very interesting commentary. Um, and also they went closer to the Valjean and Javert verification. Oh, my God. Okay, I will say that was a moment where I was like, okay, okay, Star Wars. So, so you can do the lynching thing. And you can do this in the same fucking episode. This is so fucking dark. Can you please, yeah. please course correct, please course correct right fucking now. Anyways, my my final thing that I wanted to say, bes- besides like yeah, um, Cassian getting wrongly sentenced to six years in jail was like very John Valjean coded. Welcome to name that ship. It's everyone's favorite segment. For those of you who don't know, Name That Ship is where one of the hosts will find a fan fiction and we will read off the tags, the characters that are in it, the summary, so that our esteemed co-hosts can try to guess who the main ship is. Are we ready to go? Okay. I have brought one to you today. It is rated T for teen. This is character A. Character B. A different character who, if I say it'll immediately give it away. And a different character and character B. Character B. Character A. Other character. Asajj Ventress. Alternate universe canon divergence. Alternate universe time travel. Time travel. Pre-relationship. Light angst. Fluff. And that's that's the, the tags. So is it a straight ship? No. Is it two women? No. So it's two men. Are they both human? One is. One is human. Are any of them force sensitive? Yes, one of them is. Is the non Is one of the men Cyril Karn? No, it's not Cyril Karn. Is the one who's force sensitive human? No. Is... Plocoon. Is it Skier? No. It's not Skier. I wish Aren't it was they a Jedi? They are a Jedi, yes. Pit Fisto. It is Kit Fisto. <laughs> what? Kit Fisto and a man? Yes, this is, yes. Is it yes. someone from the prequels? No. <laughs> the original trilogy? No. Rebels. From the Are they from the High Republic? Sequels. No. All wrong. Solo. Rogue One. Nope. Nope. Is they from a book? 
or a TV show? <laughs> a TV show, they, yes. They are they are a Star Wars character, right? Yes, this is I a think, human okay. who is not Force sensitive who is from a TV show. The Mandalorian. Was it? The book yes, of it is Din Djarin slash Kit Fisto oh! time travel. Kit Fisto has come forward in time. Oh, fuck yeah. Good. Oh, the wait, other, no, the other character is Grogu. They are raising Grogu together. Oh, this is pre-relationship. So I'm sad. Oh, the, oh, I the am summary, so down. The summary is the child is crying. Din swallows the movement hidden by his helmet as he glances towards the Jedi beside him. Kit's face is nothing but calm and his usual bright smile, but his eyes are burning, smoldering with anger, and the nodding chin tilts up to face down the witch in front of them it's kit's posture that has him on guard since he seems to be shifting into an offensive stance ventress is there i love ventress is there this I maybe the- i i may be mistaken din and grogu may have gone back in time i didn't read it i apologize but Honestly, let me, let me... I, I'm happy in either direction this is a pairing i didn't know i needed in my life but now i think i'm gonna make it my personality absolutely yeah. Kind of off the shits. Kin? It's living. <laughs> dit? Kin. Not kin. Kin? Kin? I like dit. Dit? <laughs> dit? Not dit. 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 First of all, this is a relatively recent fan fiction. Um, and this is, once again, no hate to this author. Very slay. Love. The concept was just like, the the concept, I think, is very probable. It's very slay. The thing about this that made me be like, I have to bring it to the podcast, is the prospect of trying to figure out what the ship name is for this. Okay? Okay? That's very important to me. Are we ready? Okay, so I'm going to do something I usually don't do, uh, which is to say read the categories. Um, This is not like really a crossover per se, but I think it's going to help you guys contextualize some things. So, or not the category, the fandoms. Fandoms, Star Wars, all media types, Star Wars, a book series, and a Star Wars TV show. So it's a Star Wars book series. Book series, and then also there's a TV show um oh it is fandoms it's a, it's no no it's star it's, wars oh it's a, it's a crossover well no it's not claudia what 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 mel is saying is that it's like a group of star wars books as well as oh, a star wars tv show okay, so this is a character right. from the books and a character from the tv show gotcha right? okay yes, for sure correct okay the relationships character a character b i just realized there are no actual tags in this there's just character tags okay cool well it's Six characters, and I cannot give you any of them because it will give it away. Are these characters from the High Republic? No. Okay. Are these characters from Aftermath? No. Are they from the Thrawn books? Yes, they are. Are they from the Ascendancy? Not Arinda Price. Not Arinda Price. Damn it. Okay, but then there's also from the show. Are they Rebel? Are they from Rebels? No. Okay. Clone Wars. Wolf Yularen. Mandalorian. (laughs) Not Wolf Yularen. I like where your head is at. Not the Mandalorian. Karen Yularen, his wife. Not Karen Yularen, his We not said Karen no to Rinda Price already. I want it, her to be there. No, these, Rindy. Are these, Tarkin. These... Not Tarkin. Briarly Ronan. Not Briarly Ronan. You can't, we can't wait, just keep wait, shouting names. Wait, wait, we need wait, to wait, narrow wait. it down. So these are characters from the Canon Thrawn trilogy, not the Ascendancy, shipped with someone from a TV show that is not the Clone Wars, not Rebels, not the Mandalorian. Not the Book of Boba Fett? Correct. Is it Andor? Yes, it is Andor. (laughs) Thrawn slash Luthen. Thrawn is one of the characters. Oh, it's Eli Vanto. No. Okay, Okay, so, so, all right. (laughs) I just like that I brought a Thranto pick and that's just it. Wait, so how many many different pairings are there that we have to figure out? One. Okay. It is Thrawn and someone else. Thrawn, Cyril Karn. No, no. Thrawn? Thrawn and Deidre. No. Thrawn and Tamarin. No, no. Is it Luthen? No, it is not. No, I bet that was my first is it, guess. Is it an Imperial character in Andor? Technically, yes. However, Thrawn and Mon Mothma. Thrawn and Mon Mothma is correct. Yes! <laughs> oh, Thrawn Mothma, let's go. I think this is my, this is my first Mothma. win in a name that ship in like eight years. <laughs> Thrawn? No, 
No, okay. Throthma Nation, okay. Throthma Nation, rise up. This was so... Get your hands in the air. No, because I'm sorry. If Eli was like, I can make him worse, but Mon Mothma was like, I can make him better. No, because because this is the premise of this fan fiction. Mon Mothma's like, oh my god, I have to go talk to Luthen. Ah! She, like, runs in. Who is there looking at art in Luthen's little shop? (laughs) Ron. And she's like, hey, mamas. That is so slay. Hey, mamas. Her husband is an asshole. No, literally. She should get to cheat on him with slay aliens. Absolutely. Hey, so this, for some reason, jogged the memory of what I wanted to say earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Why did we not see Sly more in this episode? Literally. I did did have the same thought. I was like, where's Slay more? Obviously not slaying more. I don't know why that. I don't know why the stick made me think of her, but maybe because Mon Mothma, but I was like, it just jogged the memory of her. Perhaps cheating on your spouse with an alien. Yeah, so true. Maybe that's why. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I was just obsessed with this. And like, <laughs> also my favorite line from the fic, this is not necessarily my favorite line. I was just skimming through it. <laughs> flirting, Mon blinked, surprised. That's complete nonsense. I was not flirting with Thrawn. So true. <laughs> I'm obsessed. So true. She said, you I, will not catch me. She, she's a lot like Princess Diana. When you think about it. Thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPalp's Pod Race. For updates, Star Wars news, our reactions to High Republic Phase 2, and more curse shit, follow us on social media at RuPalp's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you want to ask us a question, send us questions to our TikTok Q&A or email us at rupalpspodrace at gmail.com. And if you really love the show, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or Overcast. It really helps people find the show. May the Force be with you. And don't criff it up. Waka waka. Waka waka, Mr. 305. What? Just say waka waka. Come on now. (laughs) Waka, Mr. 305. Waka. I'm going to send you to jail for six years, too, for that. Is Pitbull here in the room with us? I Mr. Worldwide is with us. Dale.